the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What a mature Christian looks like. That's next on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. If you want to know what a mature Christian looks like, sometimes it's a good idea to look at what an immature Christian looks like and then draw the contrast. And that's what we'll do today in 1 Corinthians 3. The Apostle Paul challenges the church at Corinth to grow up beyond their carnality, to mature, as it were, as a believer in Christ. How you do that and what it looks like is the subject of our time today. Join us. This is Times of Refreshing. From the Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is where we're at. Our teacher and pastor now with today's program, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. My prayer is that if you are following me, it is only because I am following Christ. And to do to the degree that I get off and I stop following Christ... You need to say exit stage left. Now, you're not going to hear a lot of pastors say that. But I'm saying that because all of us should be following the king. And if the king tells you, this is your church. This is your pastor. I'm sending you here to this church. I'm sending you there to that pastor. He is an under shepherd. Well, then praise the Lord. But if you're just out here at the church because you like the children's ministry, you're here for the wrong reason. If you're just here at the church because it's close to your house, then you're here for the wrong reason. If you're here at the church because you like, you know, the decor, you're here for the wrong reasons. If you're here at the church just because you like the worship team, that's not the reason. You're, I pray that everybody that's a member of this church, you're here at this church because Jesus said, I want you to go to that church and I want you to be under that pastor and I want you to sit and get planted and grow and go for it. Amen. Can I have an amen? And I was just talking about this this week. People go come and go. People, you know, people come and go, you, stuff happens. But at the end of the day, my prayer is that people are here because Jesus told them to come to this church. I won't get offended if you leave. I'm telling you. Man, I didn't see, they, they asked me, how many you running over there? How many running? I said, we run away thousands. That's... Now, praise the Lord. We many, many stay, and we have a great congregation. Our church is very prosperous and blessed. But I don't get offended because I'm going to stick to the word, and I want to know you here because Jesus said, amen. Can I have an amen? But when we start just following people and we start just identifying with people, it's a sign of carnality. 
It's a sign that we're not maturing. We haven't grown up. That we haven't got to the place that where God is directing my life. I'm, I don't have such an emotional tie to just one person that God can't lead my life. It's, it's beyond this. He says, you guys are saying you're of Paul and you're saying you're of Apollos and you guys are being carnal. We have to grow up beyond that. Now, I love, I, I know Pastor David Candace Tracy. If he, you know, unless he does something crazy, God has told me that's my pastor. He's going to be the cover in our church. Praise the Lord. That's my pastor. But, but you don't see me, you don't see me putting my pastor above Jesus. I love you, bro. But as long as you follow in Christ, we good. Can I have an amen? amen? Look what it says in verse 5. He says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe as the Lord gave to each. He says, I planted Apollos watered, but it was God that gave the increase. He says, so then neither he who planted is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. He says, we, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. That's what he's telling the people of God. He says, you're God's field. You're God's fellow. He says, we're God's fellow workers. You're God's field. He's saying here, he says, uh, he says, uh, verse 8, Now he who plants and he who, he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. He says, according to the grace which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. He says here in verse 11, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, he says straw, each one's work will become clear, will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. Everything that we're doing here as a church, realize that even for me, it's going to be tested by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he receive a reward. If anyone work, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. If that doesn't give you the fear of God as a leader, I don't know what will. And so all of us, and, you have to, and let me say this to you, this is a reality. It's going to be something that me as your pastor, I'm going to have to deal with. And I will not be standing there with my wife and with you. I'm going to have to stand before Jesus all by myself. He's going to ask me about this. 
and what we did and how we did it. He's going to ask me, did I keep him as the focal point or did I just try to draw people to me? Can I have an amen? But when we get mature, it causes us to see things from a different perspective and it causes us as the people, to, people of God to realize that, that it's not just, it's not about the stuff. It's about him. It's about maturing and becoming more about him and more and more transformed into his image from day to day and from, 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 you know, all of us have to see this as the goal. From glory to glory, I'm being transformed into his image and strife and vision and envy and all this stuff is coming out of my life and he's starting to fill me with the fullness of his presence. I want to take this a step further. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 and I want to look at this. Romans chapter 8 is also going to help us to see some things here about carnality. It says here in verse 5, He says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. I love this. You know, we get to a place as you start to mature that your focus in life is not just your earthly things, your fleshly things, your natural things. That we have to keep in mind that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so there's a balancing act because I don't want to get so high that I don't take care of my natural things, but I don't want to get so natural or low that I don't take care of my spiritual things. There has to be a balance. Somebody say balance. And so when it comes to life, if I can, if I can get it in my mind that both are necessary, but my spiritual life should be my priority. Because you're not going to be living in the natural forever. Can you guys still hear me out there? You're not going to be living in the natural forever. So I'm preparing. I'm preparing for eternity while I'm living in my now. And there has to be a balancing act. I have to become more spiritually minded. Now, this is what they said. And I say this often. I've been saying this for years. People say, don't be so heavenly minded that you're not any earthly good. But what made Jesus so earthly good was that he was heavenly minded. He saw things from a different perspective. He saw what the Pharisees were doing. He saw what, what, what Judas was doing. He saw the behind the scenes. He saw what these demons were doing. And he was able to navigate correctly in this world's life. Why? He was able to do it because he had a heavenly view. He was spiritually minded. His mind wasn't just natural or carnal. He saw things from a different view. And that's how we should be as we're maturing and growing. That we're maturing and we're starting to see now things from a different perspective. And all of us here have to realize that. Don't just focus on your natural stuff. People get so consumed with their natural stuff consumed with their job and consumed with their earthly pleasures and consumed and and saints I love having a good time and going out and and you know doing the natural stuff that stuff is great but if your natural stuff 
is taking away from your spiritual maturity. You have to stop and, and recalibrate and get your mind right. We have to get our minds right on what is the priority. Apostle Paul, once again, he said people are setting their minds on the flesh. He says, but those who live according to the Spirit, who are spiritual people, like Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says they set their mind, he says, on the things of the Spirit. That I start thinking more about my spiritual life. It becomes my priority. Then it helps me to enjoy. I remember when I played football. And I can remember uh, my first year in the league and you know, I was, I was under a lot of pressure, that first round draft pick, and they, all this stuff. And, and, and I can remember the pressure that I ex- was experiencing, and I wasn't, I wasn't saved at the time, and I'm just trying to get a feel for everything. And I could just remember mentally having so many highs and lows. If I had a good game, I was high. If I fumbled, I'm low for three days. And I'm going through this through this thing. I got saved going into my second year, really started giving my life. I gave my life to Christ on fire, just going for it. Season starts and I can remember playing the game and I, and I played hard. I enjoyed the game. I started enjoying the game because I took my eyes off the people and start putting my eyes on God. I took, I, I got my eyes off Okay, I wonder what they thinking. Oh, they blew. Oh man, they booed me and all this. And I started just, I started going back to, I started just saying, whether I, God, I'm going to give you my absolute best. And I'm going to play as unto the Lord and not just as unto men. And if I do what I'm supposed to do, you're the one that's going to reward me openly. Woo! That next year I started bawling. I started balling. I started balling. Average 5.8 yards a carry. I was balling. I said, yes. Uh-huh. This stuff be working. <laughs> Can I have an amen? Because I was free. I was free. I was like, man, I'm not tripping off everybody. I'm, come on. Give me the ball. Let's roll. Can I have an amen? I'm not tripping. I'm not afraid. I'm not. Who cares? God got me. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Let's go. I'm going full blast. But that's what we do, even in life. We set our minds on the things of the flesh. We take our eyes off God, whether it's in your business, on your job, raising kids, being a father, being a husband, being a mother. Put your eyes on Jesus. And work as unto God. And do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. And not just unto man. Can I have an amen? And people may not celebrate you. But you're giving God everything you got. That's what we want. And he says here in verse 6, because this is what ultimately happens. He says, for to be carnally minded, it's your mindset. He says, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and what? Just what I talked about. We've got to start getting, we've got to start growing up and allowing God to to change our mind and renew our mind so we get a spiritually, spiritual view on things. We stop being carnal. If, you're, if we stay carnal, if we stay carnal, it's leading to death. Like I stated early, we're going to die. 
Every, our spiritual life, it's going, everything is just, death is going to start setting in. In your job, on your home, in your home, death is setting in. I don't care. I don't, it don't matter. It, it, you're dying, man. You're dying. People don't realize they're dying right there. They're going to church, but they're dying. Because they're not growing. They won't let God can help them to mature. They won't submit to God's process of maturity. So death is just setting in. You want to pray? Yeah, I praise him. And you're dying. You're dying. Death is setting in. And all of us have to stop and say, wait a minute here. I got to get my eyes just off of this. When Peter, when Peter got his eyes on Jesus and he kept them there. He was able to do the miraculous. When he started getting his eyes off Jesus, he just started sinking. And all of us, it's the same thing. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. And then he says what? Peace. Peace starts coming into your life. Like I told you, when I, that, that, that second year when I was playing, it was, I was peaceful. I, was, I didn't have a, all this pressure. No, God's got me. It's peace. Then I can function. I can function when I'm at peace within my heart. And I know that I'm, well, we got to get our eyes off the flesh and carnal things and get them back in the spirit. Look at verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. He says, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh or who are being carnal cannot please God. He says here in verse 9, but if you are, he says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life. Because of righteousness. He says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit, he says, who dwells in you. I love this. Look at verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh or to our old nature or to our carnality, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you by the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you, now these two verses right here, we're going to close this out right here with this. He said, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. Somebody say spirit of adoption. Listen, the Bible says this, and it's going to say it here. God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit, your human spirit, that you are a child of God. That I I don't owe the flesh and carnality anything anymore. I've been born again. 
And now I'm growing as a new creation. And God has taken me out of adolescence and he's taken me out of infancy. Then he's going to mature me on to maturity and adulthood from a spiritual standpoint. The same way I grew in the natural is the same way I'm going to grow in the spirit. And I have to allow God to take me through this process where I begin to grow up. And I begin to see things. And I allow him to change my mind. So my mind isn't just on the earthly things. Now it's spiritual things I'm concerned about too. I'm concerned about other things now. He's lifted up my vision. He's given me a first press perspective. He's given me the spirit of adoption. Meaning he's brought me into the family. The problem that we have is that people, we, we come to church and we, and we punch our ticket But we don't stop to say, wait a minute, I am a child of the king of the universe. And to confirm it, he gave me the spirit of adoption just so I know I'm secure in my relationship with him. And I got to continue to manage that relationship by submitting to his leadership in my life. But he's brought me into the house. Can I have an amen? amen? And all of us have to believe this and embrace this. He said, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again, the fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit, lowercase s, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. He says, if indeed we suffer with him. That we also may be glorified together. Saints, there's different aspects of suffering. But this aspect of suffering that we oftentimes do not want to embrace is when God starts saying, Son, daughter, I love you. Now hear what I'm saying. Hear me now. But in order to grow, I got to kill you. The old Jews got to die. You got to let go of the old Jew. Because you're right now, there's, there's, a, there's a battle within you. There's a Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau, they're, they're fighting in the womb. For who's going to come out first? The old Napoleon Coffin and the new Napoleon Coffin. There's a fight in there. The carnal me and the new me. There's a war. And whoever I agree with and submit to is the one that's going to manifest. Why don't you just cuss them out for what they said? No, that's that old me. You dead, man. You're not winning in here. Why don't you just slam the door and get out? No, that's the old me. Why don't you just slam somebody? No, no. Why don't you just eat a gallon of ice cream? <laughs> I, I do. I, I do. I was gonna get that video. Amen. I do. I was gonna get that video. Amen. Where my amens at? Why don't you just eat a gallon of ice cream? You know how you used to do it. They get on your nerves. You go get you some. Mm-mm, that's that old me. 
That's my old me. Can I, that's my old me. That, he got to die. He's got to die. That one's got to die so the new me can live. Can I have a name? And I can grow. So I want to grow. And this is the point where, for, for here, and I love Apostle Paul, you know you're a child of God, grow. But you got to give up. You got to let something go so you can grow. He said, oh, Jew. Saints, I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to preach messages like this. And I'm going to continue to preach them. And I've been preaching them for, for, for years. Been preaching since 1997. I'm, I'm going to keep on preaching them. It was 20 years. I'm going to keep on preaching it because at the end of the day, God is looking for us to become more and more like him every single day of our lives. He's not impressed with all of our stuff. He's impressed with seeing Jesus manifested in our lives and us growing up and becoming mature, getting out of carnality. There's areas where God's saying, okay, let it go so you can grow. And my prayer is that when people come to the well, they say, man, there's some spiritual people there. With our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, you're listening to Times of Refreshing. We trust and pray today's program has encouraged you in grace. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, maybe you'd like to review today's message again on CD please contact us toll-free at 800-374-9204. That's 800-374-9204. If you're writing to us, you can reach us at Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. As you remember times of refreshing and this ministry, would you please remember that we are listener-supported? Simply put, that means we rely on you, our listening family, to continue to help support this broadcast, not just prayerfully, but financially as well. So would you prayerfully consider how you might get involved with the ministry as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ here on this, your station? We would greatly appreciate it. Reach us again at 800 374 9204, or write to us at Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You can also find more information online at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.